Hey, Pastor John here. Welcome to the Consumed Church Weekly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by a special guest, Dr. Augie David, entitled Awake to Righteousness. For any further information about this message or the ministries of Consumed Church, you can check us out at theconsumedchurch.com. to be a friend of God, he then introduces you to his other friends, and that's called divine connections. And uh, so, uh, you know, many, many years ago, I met my dear sister Marge and her dear wonderful husband, uh, Sam, Sam Spence, and uh, when I was here the last time, uh, several months ago, I was so blessed, I looked over and I said, is that Marge? You know, and I love you, Sister Marge. You and your husband have been so, such a blessing to me over the years. And uh, all of you, you know, our divine connections because we were connected together. And, and the Brother Kevin and Sister Debbie are not here. And it was them that first told me about it. We came to hear him, and that's how we met Pastor John, Sister Lauren. Uh, thank you, Pastor John. This is a great joy to be with you and this congregation here. I appreciate pa- Pastor Matt also. What a gracious gentleman. I appreciate you, brother. Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, before we begin, uh, uh, I'll introduce my wife to you, and she's going to read the scripture, the main text for today. So I want you to open up to, come on up, babe. Uh, my wife's name is uh, Lilu. Her full official name is Gina Lilu David, and she prefers to go by Lilu, L-I-L-U. And uh, she's Indian, but born and raised in the Philippines. And she knows the Filipino language, Tagalog. And because that is so similar to Spanish, she's learned Spanish also, also having lived in Miami for a number of years. And she said, well, I know enough Spanish to close a deal, you know. So she's, uh, she's a real estate agent and, uh, you know, and uh, wedding planner and a whole lot of things. But uh, uh, anyway, I'm glad you're here, babe. Uh, so let's welcome uh, Lilu, please. Shall we? You want to use this? It's bigger here. You want to do that? So we're going to read today from Hebrews 10. For the law, having a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of those things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered continually year by year make those who, turn, make those who come unto it perfect. For then would not the sacrifices have ceased to be offered? For worshipers, once purged, should have had no more consciousness of sin. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible for the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Therefore, when he cometh into the world, he said, Sacrifice an offering thou wouldest not have, but a body hast thou prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. Above, when he said, Sacrifice and offerings and burnt offerings and offerings for sin, thou wouldest not have, neither has pleasure therein, which are offered in accordance with the law. Then he said, Lo, 
I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. By this will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. And every priest standeth daily, ministering and offering time and time again the same sacrifices which he never which ne- which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God from henceforth to wait until his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he had perfected forever those who are sanctified. Of this the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after he had said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds I will write them. And their sins and iniquities I remember no more. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Hallelujah. That's a rich, rich uh, passage that she just read. Hebrews chapter 10 talks about the old covenant uh, versus the new covenant. The blood of animals could not cover or, uh, uh, you know, really adequately cleanse uh, and sanctify human beings as the blood of Jesus would. So that's a clear contrast between the Old Testament and and the New Testament. uh, Praise God. The word... uh, It's kind of, it's an older Bible that I just grabbed on the way back. It's been used. It's not falling apart. (laughs) Okay, there we go. And uh, so, in the first couple of verses of that uh, particular passage that was just read, Hebrews chapter 10, the first two or three verses, it says that, uh, that the priests of the Old Testament they continually offered sacrifices, the blood of bulls and goats, and it says that could never take away sins. But why did they keep on doing it for hundreds and hundreds of years? It was a picture type of the coming of Jesus Christ, the sacrificial lamb, only whose blood could take away sins. So uh, in the New Testament uh, Greek language, you will not find the word, uh, uh, you know, uh, atone. It, uh, atone means simply to cover. In the New Testament, it is remit to do away with it. The blood of Jesus Christ not only cleanses us from all sin, but it breaks the authority of sin over our lives. And he goes on to say that uh, in the New Covenant, fulfillment of the Old Testament, he said, God says, I will write my laws into their hearts. My ways, my thoughts, my laws will be written into their hearts. Praise God. Uh, This is a subject uh, that I love so much, but I've not preached in years. But uh, it is most, most important for us. First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 34 says, Awake to righteousness and sin not. The devil has twisted everything around, you know, and, uh, you know, the answer to sickness and disease is healing. The answer to poverty is prosperity from the word of God. The answer to defeat is victory. Why is it we cannot follow the same logic with regards to sin? The answer to sin is righteousness. 
the same Jesus that went to the cross, who died for our sins, which is the most foundational truth. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21 says, Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. I want you to say this. I am the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. Say that again. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Say it one more time. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. And by the way, righteousness is a gift. Our own righteousness, the Bible says, is as filthy rags. So we're not talking about our own filthy rags, our own attempts at righteousness and things like that. We are talking about the righteousness of God. It's a gift of God. Romans chapter 5 and verse 17 says, With the gift of righteousness, we can rule and reign in this life. Amplified says, we can rule and reign as kings in this life. Praise God. It's a gift. It's with a gift of righteousness. Hallelujah. Praise God. How many of you believe that salvation is a gift and it's by faith and you can have it now, not wait till you die? Amen. How many of you believe the Holy Spirit is a gift and that's received by faith and you can have him now and not wait till you die? Amen. If you believe salvation is a gift, you can have it now, not wait till you die, because that's by faith. If you can believe the Holy Spirit, you can have him now, because that's a gift, and that's by faith. If you believe the word of God, then you are stuck with having to believe you are the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ, because that's a gift, that's by faith. You can have it now, not wait till you die. Awake to righteousness and sin not. But the devil's God is so focused on our sin... And that's one of the verses that we just read in Hebrews chapter 10. That if the blood of bulls and animals uh, could be taken away, uh, the, take away the sins, the worshipers would no longer need to have a consciousness of sin. What does consciousness mean? Consciousness is basically, uh, it's a mysterious thing, but uh, consciousness is an, is an awareness of your inner and external circumstances. Consciousness. We're always conscious about something, you know. And so when we are so sin conscious, it taints everything we look at, you know. Uh, and uh, we look at things uh, in a negative way. The glass is always half empty, that kind of stuff, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, we preach so much about all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. <clears throat> We're all familiar with that. That's in uh, uh, Romans chapter 3. Verse 23, we're familiar with that. And, uh, but we've told the whole world what great, uh, I mean, how, how important it is for the world to know that we are sinners. We've become so sin conscious that it is pathetic. And uh, I'll read uh, Romans chapter 3. If you want to turn with me, please do. Romans chapter 3. Praise God. I want to show you something how the devil's deceived us and he's trying to wake us up to sin instead of waking us up to righteousness. Romans chapter 3. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Starting with verse 20, 
But now, uh, by the way, these, uh, in the King James especially, verses 20 to 27, it's one big, huge sentence, one sentence. And verse 23, which is a tiny part of one big sentence, is all have sinned and come short of the glory. You talk about taking things out of context here. The man is not talking about all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He's talking about righteousness. In fact, the whole book of righteous, the whole book of Romans is all about righteousness. Revelation of righteousness. So, verse 21. Now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. In other words, the law and the prophets agree that this righteousness of God we agree to that. It's compatible with what this new revelation of righteousness is. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. For there's no difference. So, do you see the connection between believing and righteousness? For righteousness is by faith. In fact, Romans 4, I believe verse 27, it says, Abraham believed God and that was counted to him as righteousness. So, I want you to think about it this way. Righteousness equals faith. Everybody say this. Righteousness equals faith. Say righteousness equals faith. See Romans 10.10 10 says the same thing. With the heart man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made. Praise God. So righteousness is by faith. The just shall live by faith. This is where um, uh, Martin Luther got the great revelation. That we're not saved by works. We're not righteous by works, by the deeds of the Lord. That's what brought about the whole Protestant movement in a reformation. The just shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. Because righteousness is by faith. It's a gift. It's by faith. You have it now. And no flesh can be able to have righteousness by the deeds of the law. Hallelujah. All right, verse 22. Even the righteousness of God is by faith. Of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's just a small portion of one long sentence here. Of seven verses here. Okay. For, uh, being justified. So it gets back to the righteousness again. Justified means to be declared righteous. Being declared righteous freely by his grace. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission, not just the covering or atoning, for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. I to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness that he might be just or righteous and the justifier of him that believeth in Jesus Christ. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? By the law of faith. Faith equals righteousness. Praise God. This one small tiny phrase, all have sinned 
and come short of the glory of God. It has been so carefully orchestrated by the devil and religious traditions so that your mind is constantly dominated by sense of sin consciousness. That's the way the devil operates. In the book of Revelation chapter 12, it said when you try to come before God, the accuser of the brethren who accuses you before God. Every time you come to come, try to come before God, he'll bring up all these things. You didn't fast like you should. You haven't tithed in a couple of months. You know, <clears throat> and you thought this, you did this, and all these kinds, all kinds of accusations. The name Satan or the word devil means accuser of the brethren, defamer. He's a, a defamer and a, and a slanderer. So that's his job description. And he wants you to be dominated by sin consciousness. And that's what the New Testament is all about, to deliver us from a domination of sin consciousness. That's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 34, Awake to righteousness and sin not. Now, let's take a quick look at Romans chapter 8 also, please. Next door here, Romans chapter 8. I'd like to read the first few verses. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, in order that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but those that are, they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Uh, in other words, the mind that is set on the flesh is death. The mind that is set on the Spirit is life and peace. Galatians uh, 5.17 says that we walk in the Spirit and we won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. He didn't say focus on the flesh, focus on the sins of the flesh, and do your best to overcome this. You know, that's like me saying, uh, you know, Marge, uh, would you please uh, uh, not think about a pink elephant, Marge? Uh, I would really appreciate it because, you know, um, it's, it's such a heavy burden in my heart, now, folks, and I really would like to see if we could all pray together and see that uh, Marge does not think about a pink elephant, please. Now, what did I just do? I made her think about a pink elephant. The mind that is set on the flesh is death. The mind that is set on the spirit is life and peace. When you try to overcome the sins of the flesh and you got your mind on the flesh, you're on a downward spiral of great, great discouragement and defeat. I remember many years ago in the state of Vermont uh, when I was pastoring in the early years of my ministry, a gentleman came, uh, one of the leaders in my church, he came up to me, he was just weeping, put his head down, he was in sh uh, shame. He said, Pastor, I don't know what to do. I've cried, I've fasted, I've prayed, I've read books, did everything possible, but I'm addicted to sinful habits, lustful habits, and pornography. He said, I don't know what to do. I, I need help. Can you help me? Uh, first of all, I was surprised uh, that someone like him, who was a sincere, uh, you know, man that uh, just loved to uh, love the Lord, you know, was uh, having this kind of an issue. And I was just waiting a lot to see what to think, uh, what to say to him. And he was just weeping. He, was, he couldn't look at me just to put his head down in shame. I'm addicted to pornography. I don't know what to do. And uh, I said to him, I said, uh, brother, look at me. And he looked at me with tears in his eyes. I said, I just want you to know you're not ever going to be delivered from this problem. 
He said, what did you say? I said, I just want you to know that you're not ever going to be delivered from this problem. And he started sobbing and crying. He said, Pastor, I came to you for help. Why are you hurting me like this? And I said to him one more time, I said, Brother, I want you to understand, you're not ever going to be delivered from this problem. I said, I want you to open up to Colossians chapter 1. I want you to read this verse out loud. And I made him read first, uh, Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. Talking about what Jesus did for us at the cross. Colossians 1.13 says, past tense, for he has, or has, he hath delivered us from the authority of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of God's dear son. I said, brother, according to that scripture, you're not ever going to be delivered from, the, uh, from this uh, addiction because God's word says that uh, you've already been delivered when you went to the cross. The Bible says the entrance of God's word brings light. Suddenly light came, revelation came, truth came. It's like the lights got turned on on the inside of him. Suddenly he began to realize, oh my God, that's why he came. That's why he died for me. All of these kinds of things. He, he, you know, here I'm focusing on my sin, focusing on the flesh, and getting defeated constantly and everything else, you know. And uh, so I said, brother, why don't you lift your hands up and begin to thank the Lord that you're not ever going to be delivered from this problem because we're going to stand on Colossians 1.13 that says he has already delivered you from the authority of darkness. So with tears down his cheeks, you know, and uh, his uh, hands lifted up, he began to thank the Lord. And as he was thanking the Lord that he's not ever going to be delivered from this uh, addiction, but rather that he's already been delivered from the, by the authority of uh, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, what he did for us at the cross, from the authority of darkness and translated into the kingdom of light. Praise God. As he was thanking God for that, I said, Satan and every wicked spirit controlling his mind and body with these demonic addic addictions, pornography, lust, and everything else, I curse you to the roots in the name of Jesus. Well, a week later, this gentleman came back to see me and his face shining with the glory of God. He said, Pastor, I never imagined I could ever be set free, but I have been set free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your pink elephant might be something different. Your pink elephant might be uh, depression. It might be cancer. It might be COVID. Your pink elephant might be financial issues that are so bad. Your pink elephant might be a marriage situation. Your pink elephant might be witchcraft, demonic things, all those kinds of things. We all have pink elephants in our lives, but the mind that is set on the flesh is death. But the mind that is set on the spirit is life and peace. Awake to a righteousness... And then sin not. Praise God. As you're waking up to the revelation of righteousness, I want you to know the revelation of righteousness is going to get so bigger and so greater. And, and no wonder Paul says, sin shall not have dominion over you. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Bible teaches that when Jesus went to the cross, you went to the cross. When he died, you died. When he was raised from the dead, you were raised from the dead. When he sat at the right hand of the Father, he made you to sit together with him in heavenly places far above all the realm of the devil. Hallelujah. Demons, praise God. You ought to be looking down on the devil from a position of authority because of our identity with Jesus Christ. Praise God. Many of us are struggling so much in different areas of sin and the devil just wastes so much of our time. I remember being in an airport one time in a gift shop. You know, I was waiting for my flight and in the gift shop I saw a little key ring you know, keychain, key ring, you know, and there was a plastic part to it, and I looked at it, and the plastic part said, how do you keep an idiot busy for hours? And at the bottom it says, please turn to the other side. And I turned to the other side, and it said the same thing. <laughs> how do you keep an idiot busy for hours? Turn to the other side. I made a little idiot out of myself because I was having fun with this. And that's what the devil's doing to us Christians. 
going over the same thing with domination of sin consciousness, sin consciousness. You know, please pray for my pink elephant, you know. I've been praying. I remember one lady in New Hampshire many years ago, she came up to me. She says, uh, would you please pray for my alcoholic, unsaved husband, you know. And I said, sure. And she started crying. She said, I, I've been praying for my alcoholic, unsaved husband for 30 years. I said, sister, for 30 years? And she's crying, yes. I've been praying for my alcoholic, unsaved husband for 30 years. I said, sister, has he changed any? Has he improved any? She said, no, he's gotten worse and worse. Please pray for my alcoholic, unsaved husband. And I looked at her and I said, sister, I'm so sorry. I cannot pray for your alcoholic, unsaved husband. She looked at me with tears. She said, no, you've got to pray for my alcoholic, unsaved husband. I said, no, I'm sorry. I cannot pray for him. I said, sister, you just told me you've been praying for him for 30 years. And he's not gotten any better. He's gotten worse. I said, sister, you've suffered enough. I don't want to make it any worse by praying for your alcoholic, unsaved husband, you know. She was a little confused and she said, no, please, you got to pray. I said, on one condition, I'm going to pray. We're going to take authority over the devil of rebellion and stubbornness, alcoholism, all those kind of things, and blindness. And we're going to claim his salvation and his deliverance. But from now on, Romans 4.17 says, faith calls into being things that are not as though they were. For you, if you agree with me, from now on, you're not going to refer to him anymore as an alcoholic, unsaved husband. But as far as you're concerned, the power of the devil's broken over him. We thank God for his deliverance. And Only on that kind of, she said yes. We agreed together. We prayed like that. Praise God. Three weeks later, I was back in that region again. And uh, she came to my meeting. And guess who else came with her? Her husband. Praise God. Three weeks later. And when I gave the altar call, he came with tears in his eyes, came up, got saved and delivered. Hallelujah. Three weeks versus 30 years. You talk about how do you keep an idiot busy for hours? You know, for years sometimes. The devil has fooled us in this uh, blinding us from the revelation of righteousness and being so dominated by sin consciousness. What my wife read in the beginning portion of Romans, uh, Hebrews chapter 12 was, that stuff belongs to the Old Testament. That stuff belongs to the law. Legalism. You know, you just keep on doing those kinds of things. Let's go to Romans uh, chapter 10. Just a couple of uh, pages over here. Romans chapter 10. Look at what it says. Paul says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. So I want you to get this. Paul says, I have a passion a desire, a longing for my fellow Israelites to come down. I got a whole lot to share on this subject, but I, want to take, I don't want to take too long. But a few things. What are the effects of righteousness? Well, one, the first effect of righteousness is deliverance from domination of sin consciousness. You don't even think about those kinds of things, you know? And uh, so uh, then the other thing is uh, authority. Praise God. The revelation of righteousness will produce authority in your life. Romans 5, 17 again, with the gift of righteousness, we rule and reign as kings in this life. And by the way, righteousness is the biggest piece, uh, besides the shield of faith, it's the next biggest piece of the armor of God. In Ephesians 6, it says that put on the breastplate of righteousness. That, uh, that covers a large area of our being. 
And if you're going out in spiritual warfare and you don't know you're the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ, the devil just sticks you with all kinds of darts, condemnation, fear, intimidation, all those kinds of things. Okay, so what are the effects of righteousness? So number one, a deliverance from a domination of sin consciousness. Number two, uh, authority with the gift of righteousness. We rule and reign in this life. Number three, in Isaiah 32, sorry, yeah, Isaiah 32 and verse 18, it says, the effect of righteousness is peace and quietness and confidence forever. How would you like to have a strong dosage of a combination of peace, quietness, and confidence? Hallelujah. Righteousness, knowing that you're the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. No wonder it says, Hebrews 4.17, it says, come boldly or confidently into the throne of grace. Praise God. When you come into the throne of grace, you come with confidence. Praise God. Hallelujah. So the effect of righteousness is peace. It's quietness and confidence forever. You need confidence in your life, confidence in your job, confidence in your walk with God. All of these things result of righteousness. <clears throat> Another effect of righteousness is it affects your prayer life. The eyes of the Lord, 1 Peter 3.12, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. Yeah, but not me because I don't feel righteous today. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. Yeah, he's talking about Billy Graham or Roberts, Catherine Kuhlman, some of these other righteous people. Not about me. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. Do you see how we've been robbed out of our effective prayer life? Why do you think that we're constantly depending upon everybody else to pray for us? Because we don't believe we're righteous. We don't believe that the eyes of the Lord are upon me. We don't believe he's open to my prayer. We're convinced that he'll hear Marge's prayer much more quickly than he would mine. The only reason for that is he knows she's the righteousness of God in Christ. But it's for all of us. So this is how the devil has robbed us of a confident, vibrant, living prayer life. Praise God. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. His ears are open to their prayer. That's you. Now I want you to say this. The eyes of the Lord are upon me because I am the righteousness of God in Christ. His eyes are upon me and his ears are open to my prayer. Hallelujah. I remember when I first traveled uh, in 1975, 76 with Dave Roberson. Some of you have heard of uh, Dave Roberson. He's my friend. He was my mentor. I lived with him for a year in Oregon, and we traveled all over Oregon and California. And Dave had a guitar player over there, a young man, and uh, we were both being trained under Dave's ministry. And uh, sometimes, you know, and uh, Dave didn't have much money, you know, so sometimes we had to stay in people's homes, uh, sleep on a couch, and uh, and sometimes in, you know, on the floor there with the, uh, in the $5 a night Grange Hall that we used to have meetings in, you know. So I started asking the Lord for a sleeping bag. I was just learning about these things. I said, Father, I believe I receive a sleeping bag and I thank you that I'm your child. I thank you that you'll help me to have a sleeping bag. Well, three days later, we went to a new city in Oregon. And Dave, it's his ministry, you know, so we're just helpers there. And uh, there was a lady sitting when Dave was preaching. Um, the la there was a lady sitting over there, and the she had two brand new sleeping bags in her garage. And the Lord spoke to her and said, I want you to give one of your sleeping bags to Augie. 
And she said, but Lord, there's two young men there, the guitar player and Augie there. I said, and I've got two brand new uh, things, uh, sleeping bags sitting down there in my garage. Why can't I give both of them to both these guys? And the Lord specifically said, no, do what I tell you. Give one of them to Augie. So at the end of the service, she came running to me. She said, brother, I don't understand this. I have two sleeping bags uh, uh, in my garage, and the Lord told me to give you one. But, uh, you know, I, I told the Lord I can give it both of them, both these guys. What she did not know was uh, Barry, the guitar player, he already had it. You know, he, he already had his. And so, you know, when she said, God spoke to me to give specifically a sleeping bag to you, I got so thrilled about it. I tell you, I was so thrilled to think that my God, he heard my prayer. You know, and no wonder Psalm 100 and, uh, uh, 116, it says, I love the Lord because he heard my voice. He inclined his ears unto me. Therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. Hallelujah. Praise God. I mean, I tell you what, whether I needed a sleeping bag or not, I just carried it everywhere I want. It was just so special to me. Hallelujah. And when you receive an answer to prayer, you as an individual, because you understand you're the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ, his eyes are upon you. His ears are open to your prayer. Praise God. So we need to wake up to righteousness and also be established in righteousness. In uh, Isaiah 54, 13 to 17, it says, you, In righteousness you shall be established and you will not fear. Praise God. Hallelujah. You will not fear the oppression of the enemy. When you're established in righteousness, fear moves out. Praise God. Hallelujah. Not only that, you'll claim the rest of Isaiah 54. It says, no weapon formed against you can prosper. Every tongue of condemnation that rise up against in judgment, you, you will condemn it. Praise God. For this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? Is this good news or what? Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand of praise for that. Hallelujah. <laughs> praise God. Sometimes people think, you know, oh, he's going to preach about righteousness. Oh, he's going to condemn me again, you know. No, this is the best thing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, uh, deliverance from the domination of a sin consciousness, that doesn't happen overnight, but you've got to submit yourself to the righteousness of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Until you're established in it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, it will, uh, the effects of righteousness are, are uh, peace, confidence, and um, quietness. Praise God. Hallelujah. An authority. And now we're talking about prayer. The eyes of the Lord upon the righteous, his ears are open to their prayer. Praise God. Now it's going to change your prayers. Now you're not going to be calling everybody all the time for prayer. Not that we're ever going to run out of our need to pray for one another, but that it'll just uh, probably shift 80% of all the prayer, Lord, upon the pastors, the elders, and everything else. And you'll be in a position to pray for a whole lot of other people. I'm giving you a key to incredible church growth right now. Hallelujah. When Jesus said, when Jesus said, lay, the, these are the signs of the believers, in my name they shall lay hands on the sick. Let me ask you a question. If the believer is the one that's supposed to lay hands on the sick, who's the sick? But it's usually the believer. Pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. And there's nothing wrong. Thank God we have each other to pray for each other. But a sin consciousness will keep you always on the receiving end of everybody's prayer until you wear them out and find new prayer partners, you know. And uh, so I know I'm talking from, I'm talking from personal experience. That's why my wife's laughing. You know? so, <laughs> hallelujah. Isn't this wonderful? Praise God. And no wonder 
Uh, James 5.16 says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man will avail much. That's talking about me. It's talking about you. Hallelujah. So we're talking about just resetting our, our mental thinking. Praise God to know that we're the righteousness of God. There's so much to it. Uh, just preaching this thing just get me so excited. I'm just going to have to just develop some new series out of this thing. Now, there's just too much to talk about in, when it comes to that. There's a lot here. And uh, let me just close with uh, Ephesians chapter uh, 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, <clears throat> now before we get to Ephesians, I'm sorry. Let's look at Galatians, please. Galatians chapter 2. Praise God. Galatians chapter 2, verses 16 to 20. Knowing this, that a man is not justified by the works of the law. See, this is repeated throughout the New Testament. Knowing this, that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, who have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified. Justified means declared righteous that we might be declared righteous by the faith of Christ not by the works of the law for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified but if while we seek to be justified by Christ we ourselves are found to be sinners is therefore Christ the minister of God God forbid and Paul says this if I build again the things which I destroyed I make myself a transgressor you know Paul did a lot of damage to God's people the church you know many of us you know, because of maybe a bad past and things like that, various kinds of wicked sins and consequences and things like that, you can never get yourself to believe that you're the righteousness of God. Somehow you feel like you have to pay penance. You've got to just uh, pay for your sins, you know, and you just could never really accept the love of God and the revelation of righteousness at all. And so that's what Paul says, you know, if I try to rebuild the things that I've destroyed, I'm a transgressor. Look at the next verse. For I, through the law, I'm dead to the law that I might live unto God. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lived in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, this is the, this is the, um, this is the steel punch over here. Verse 21. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ died in vain. How is that for dropping a bomb? I do not frustrate. Have you, have I been frustrating the grace of God but trying to make ourselves righteous? Like the Israelites we have zeal alright but without knowledge we're ignorant. Being ignorant of God's righteousness we've not submitted ourselves to the righteousness of God. What a, what a tragedy this is. We constantly think about all the different preachers that have fallen into sin and everything else. And the devil uses all these things to just brainwash and reinforce sin consciousness for the rest of the saints all the time, all the time. Uh, anyways, and it's like, who can ever stand? How are we going to ever, you know, is there any hope for us whatsoever? And yet Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, I'm building my church and the gates of hell cannot overpower it. Part of that is the keys of revelation. A revelation of righteousness. Awake to righteousness and sin not. Second Corinthians 5.21 again. Jesus who knew no sin became sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. And I'll close with Ephesians 4 verses 22 to 24. And it says this. 
It says, put off the old man, which is corrupt after the deceitful lust. And verse 23 says, and, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Verse 24 says, put on the new man, which is created in true righteousness and holiness. Verse 22 says, put off the old man. Verse 24 says, put on the new man, which is created in true righteousness and holiness. Verse 22 says, put off the old man. Verse 24 says, put on the new man. What about verse 23? And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. What does that mean? The process of putting off the old man and putting on the new man is called the renewing of the mind. Hallelujah. So we're just now waking up to righteousness, praise God. We'll give ourselves more and more for the days, months, and years ahead to renew our mind until we're so subject to the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. Our consciousness will no longer be dominated by a sin consciousness. It'll be dominated by a righteousness consciousness. Hallelujah. Amen. Shall we all stand up, please? And uh, we're going to pray together and make some declarations. Hallelujah. And those people that are watching us on Facebook and social media, um, just uh, continue to join us and, and make the declarations with us. <clears throat> Everybody lift your hands up to the Lord, please. Say this after me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Wash me by your precious blood. I believe in my heart. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. I confess with my mouth. Jesus is my Lord. I believe I am born again. I believe I'm washed in the blood of Jesus. I believe I have eternal life. Thank you for loving me, Lord Jesus. I receive this word today in the name of Jesus. Every wicked spirit controlling sickness and disease and pain in my body I am talking to you in the name of Jesus you don't belong in my body and in the name of Jesus you are cursed to the very roots in the name of Jesus we want to join in for those that are suffering from COVID also and other kinds of things Repeat this after me, please. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, all those that are watching that are suffering with COVID and all related issues, every wicked spirit controlling these people's lives and the roots of, their, of that disease, you have no dominion over them. We have dominion over you. And in the name of Jesus, you are bound, you're paralyzed, you're brought to nothing under my feet. In the name of Jesus, we believe we now receive supernatural healing and health towards a very long life. In the name of Jesus. <coughs> Thank you, Lord. Every, amen, every wicked spirit of intimidation, harassment, oppression, depression, addictions of all kinds, 
sins of all kinds, every wicked spirit, controlling bondages, addictions, you have no dominion over me. We have dominion over you. And in the name of Jesus, you are bound, you're paralyzed, you're brought to nothing under my feet. In Jesus' name, I declare I have been delivered from the authority of darkness and translated into the kingdom of light. I believe I am the righteousness of God. I'm a new creation in Christ. I can do all things through Christ. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. God is the strength of my life. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I have been delivered from the authority of darkness. In the name of Jesus, every wicked spirit controlling my finances with burdens, with crisis, with bondage, with fear, with anxiety, with debts, with lack, with poverty. I'm speaking to you in the name of Jesus. You have nothing to do with my finances. And in the name of Jesus, you're bound, you're paralyzed, you're brought to nothing under my feet in the name of Jesus. And I declare, my God shall supply all of my needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus, in Jesus' name. All my loved ones are coming to Jesus. As for me and my family, we're serving Jesus. I'm saved, I'm healed, I'm delivered. I'm victorious. I'm hearing and doing the word diligently. And because of this, you have set me far above all my circumstances, all the blessings of Deuteronomy 28 are coming upon me, are overtaking me in the name of Jesus. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the country. I'm above and not beneath. I'm the head and not the tail. If the devil comes one way, he flees seven ways. I'm continually speaking the word, meditating the word, acting on the word. I make my way prosperous. I have good success in the name of Jesus. The eyes of the Lord are upon me. I am the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. The eyes of the Lord are upon me. His ears are open to my prayer. I love the Lord. For He heard my voice. He inclined His ear to me. Therefore I will call upon Him. As long as I live. I love the Lord. I love the Lord. Give the Lord a hand of praise, shall we? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Please be seated. I have a couple of quick announcements to make and I'll pass it over to Pastor John. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Our, um, 
ministry is called Augie David International Ministries. And as Pastor John said, that by God's grace, I've uh, been to 80 nations in 45 years of ministry. Uh, and, 45, and I've been in the United States for 53 years. And 45 years in ministry. I don't know how that's possible because I'm only 45. Him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and all. How to tap into that. Praise God. Hallelujah. And the other one is, um, is uh, take authority. Take authority. I should call it take authority or else. Because uh, Numbers 33 verse 55 says, If you don't drive out the enemies, those are the enemies whom you allow to remain. It's so easy for us to say, God allowed this. No? no, those are the enemies whom you allow to remain. They'll become pricks in the eyes, thorns in the flesh, and they'll vex you, trouble you. And um, so if you don't use your authority in Christ, just by default, the devil will use your authority against you. I know what that was like also. So we have two t- topics over there, how to re- uh, receive God's wisdom and also take authority. Praise God. For $5 each, it's out there in the back. My wife will be able to assist you with that if you want. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I don't think there's any more, but uh, it's just a great joy, brother, being with you. Thank you, Lord. I see God's power coming upon you, the back of your head, your neck, all the way through your spinal cord. And something's happening there, God's power. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise, shall we? Thank you, Lord. Wow, I've got a new friend. <laughs> Excellent job. Thank you very much. Did y'all feel a release in the spirit when you did the declarations? It's almost like a good way to start the new year, just kind of clean the house in the spirit and uh, make some declarations over our lives. So we appreciate Brother uh, Augie doing that. And um, if you'd like to bless him uh, with a special gift, again, we have the offering box in the back. You can leave something there and we'll make sure that he gets it. So anyways, well, you guys, uh, be on the lookout. Uh, This week we'll make the announcement about the prophetic night. I'm sorry that we weren't able to do that tonight, but it's it's really an awesome time. It kind of sets the course for our whole entire year. And uh, like I said, between what I've heard the Lord say, more specifically than I've heard him in years past and from some of the other prophetic people in the church, uh, let's just keep leaning in and hearing from the Lord. Write that stuff down. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your prophetic gift as well. So uh, I think probably be the sixth that night but look out for that announcement so anyways well lord bless you and keep you oh matthew have something oh yeah i'm sorry okay yeah you can give online go to our website theconsumedchurch.com if you'd like to give uh, via credit card or something like that you can do it that way and just do the guest speaker in the pull down under giving so anyways the lord bless you and keep you make his face to shine upon you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Thank you all. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Consumed Church weekly podcast. This entire service and others can be viewed on our Facebook and YouTube channels. If you would like to partner with us in raising the next generation of kingdom bringers, you can do so at theconsumedchurch.com slash give.